to the Tenuous Links podcast, home of the Golf Barons. Offering bloviated opinions on all things golf, discussing the game's biggest problems and some solutions to them as loosely as possible. Come add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons and welcome to our Masters Rap podcast. Delighted to be joined by the caddy to the stars, and now of all things masters, Dion Kipper Kipping. Apparently now it's Dion Kipper Kipping because you're a bit of a big deal. Kipper, welcome on board. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good to be here, Phil. <laughs> now, now our masters wrap. We're going to take this in a slightly different direction than normal. We're just going to go through some masters hits or, or misses and some hits. Hmm. Um, and, and so I'm just again I'm going to throw stuff at you. And if you don't know anything about it, there's a fair chance I'm going to speak anyway. I thought you were going to say you've taken it in a different direction and it was going to be informative or something. So, no? <laughs> wow, Kipper, the big deal goes whack early on. <laughs> hey, it's on me as much as it's on you. <laughs> all, all right. Now, let, let's just start with a negative. Let, let's start with some of the misses. What were your thoughts hmm. on Feldo's um, destroyation? Of a key moment in the last round. <laughs> it's, you know what it reminded me of? It's like, you know when you know you've got this wonderful secret and, and you, you've been told specifically don't tell anyone, right? And and <laughs> it's a party of the master, right? You go, oh, look, I've been told not to tell, don't tell anyone else, but here's a secret, right? He's just done that to about 20 million people. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> well, well, he's made you yeah. wonder. Whether or not when you're watching the – like if you're actually at the Masters Live and you happen to be streaming it on your phone, what the mm. delay is. Because every time, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, he's got a 40-foot putt. Oh, this is a chance. The only reason they know it's yeah. a chance is because they've already seen it go in and they've yeah. got to try and back I announce got, it. I got an, inv- um, an invite into the CBS uh, truck uh, in 2000 oh. – must have been seven, right? And um, honestly, it was, it was incredible. Phil, like the, the, you go in there and this tr- truck is, you know those, you know the expander caravans that, that expand yeah. out from the sides. Well, that's like this yeah. truck and it's got a billion TVs and a billion, um, I guess, workers in there. And there was the director, I forget his name, um, but inc- it was just, it was incredible. He was like a conductor, and he's like screen twenty one, screen fifteen, like just yelling. And and these screens had come up, and then he would yell and honestly yell and bark orders at Nance and whoever else was commentating um about what had just happened and what to kind of preempt um okay. so Tigers, tigers hold out yell at yell at nance and then <laughs> nance like and then you'd hear nance's so uh here we are at the 16th and and then when tiger he's like yeah you know, so it was it was quite a, a shock because i didn't know that it was yeah it's partly delayed I, I mean i guess of course it has to be but it's not it's not much delayed but enough for the uh, the big burly guy in the in the truck to be yelling orders <laughs> i, I as someone pointed out quite rightly on social media, rather than Feldo reporting the goosebumps that he felt, it would have been nice for us to just feel them. Um, <laughs> what a muppet. Anyway, I love it. That. next miss. Next miss. Now, Spieth, mm. I, it, it turns out that I may be really crap at my tips. Um, <laughs> I but, think we all Jim, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you know, I'll, I'll get onto that. But Jim McLean, uh, you know, uh, coached. To the stars, just to do a caddy to the stars, and, and one of the <laughs> most respected and and biggest coaches in in certainly North American golf, mm. um, made this comment. I don't know. Did you see that about Spieth? No. Making us, you know, how we're talking about his swing changes. 
mm-hmm. and how difficult it is and how pros have to over-exaggerate things to get changes mm. done. Well, apparently, according to McLean, he was making a spectacle of himself, seeking out attention and deliberately, you know, did it in the centre of the fairway rather than somewhere removed. Now, isn't the whole point of watching someone battle with swing changes making us mm. feel more involved in what he's going through as opposed to this snobby, oh, no, you've got to hide it. Oh, you, so have you got a oh. disability? No, you've got to go in that entrance. Yeah, right. Am I missing the well, point? I I was, no, I obviously didn't hear that um, that comment, but it's a bit of a strange one. Jeez, I hope I hope Jim isn't getting old and senile and starting to make weird comments because, you know, that's what happens. People start making weird comments about stuff that they would have never talked about before. Like if a, a player's trying to make a swing change, kudos to him. doesn't matter where he's doing it. Um, and yeah, then they become know. president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I look. I just saw it as a, as a guy, you know, trying, trying his heart out to to, to achieve something. So I don't think there's, no, there's anything in it. No matter where you do it, whether it's the middle of the fairway, the end, or the locker room, what what difference does it make? Um. Okay. So so caddies. Let's move on to caddies. Yeah. Mm. Um. What impact did it make on Scheffler? And I, this is a miss because obviously I've got a wet caddy somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um. What, what impact would it have made on Scheffler, the fact that Ted Scott had won there twice as a caddy? Look, I, I don't reckon all that much necessarily because, you know, it's the rapport you've got with the player at the time and he's obviously on fire with Ted uh, over the last, you know, couple of months. So um, I think it was more that, that he's comfortable with the decision-making and all the rest of it with Ted now. Um, you know, <laughs> you also got to think about who who – he caddied for when he won those other two. I mean, yeah. you know, Bubba, Bubba Watson is starting it out in the right trees or left trees and hooking <laughs> yeah. it 100 metres and he's, you know, hitting sand wedge from 200 metres with a low draw. Like, you know, so extraordinarily different take on on how he would have navigated around the course. But um, I guess it's is a air of confidence in someone knowing that you've also done it before so maybe there is a bit of that and, and all the rest of it. but geez when, when, you, when you just keep winning like he is <laughs> you know I think you just you've just got the greatest feel over uh, over every week anyway it doesn't matter where you play yes so if we then move on to the negatives of caddies so mm. Shane Lowry had Don't a bit to me. say <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> but Shane Lowry had a bit to say um, I don't know whether you saw, <laughs> saw that yeah, you yeah, left yeah. me no shot, Bo. Thirty yards out, you, you, like, hang on, I th- left myself yeah. no. What? A, what? A, in fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna filter this. What a hurricane shape layup that was. Well done, well done, Bo. <laughs> Only thirty yards out. Well done. Um, but, uh, how do you? How difficult is it as a caddy, um, in ooh. general, needing to communicate with people? But secondly, when you've got it, when you've got to predict a yardage and a run out, and on thirteen when you're trying to lay up and you're coming down the side of the hill, you've yep. got to predict how much that ball's going to run out. How do you mm. do that? Or are you is that just where you say, you know what, I'm going to be a failure. I've just got to be prepared to own it. Well, no, there's – well, yeah, you've got to be a failure to be a caddy anyway, so that's part of it. <laughs> but, no, I think part of the, uh, no, the equation there is, yeah, most of the time you've got um, – uh, you know, you've had goes at different sections of the course – during practice so that run out on 13 if you get on the high side of that fairway and have to chip across the slope or whatever it might be you should have done that during the week anyway now the greens will change a bit by sunday compared to wednesday or tuesday when you might be out there doing it but you should have a fair idea of how it's going to react anyway it's what a practice rounds for it's not about 
putting your ball in every perfect location. It's about sometimes putting it where you know you might end up where you don't want to be. And um, and so, therefore, you should have a rough idea of what's going on all around the track and, and how the ball's going to react. Is 30 yards, therefore, a bit of a miss for a caddy? I mean, how would how would <laughs> Allenby have uh, reacted had you oh, missed I, a I, point uh, by 30? Yeah. Yes, I've I've got a real life story about that one. Um, I gave a, 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 a what, what, what did Shane call it? A horrendous. What did he, anyway? I gave one a, of those a, a fucking shaped layup. Yeah, I got one wrong once. Um, uh, where were we? I forget where we were. But anyway, I, it was a par five, and we couldn't get there, and so it was all layup zone. And, and you know, Rob loved about 105 yards. Um, you know, 90 sort of seven odd meters or thereabouts. 90 five meters he just loved that yardage <laughs> so i'm like i knew that I, I did the math did everything and so we talked about what he had to hit hit to to get to that zone and it was you know it's about a three on or something like that anyway he he hits this thing and as he hits it i, I like feel a little breeze on the back of the neck and i'd flag that the <laughs> the breeze was slightly into and if you get a slight switch like that the breeze into the to the breeze down, it, it can mean a significant amount. Well, on a fairway, he times that by heaps because the ball runs. So he's got about an extra 10 to 15 in carry uh, than I predicted, <laughs> plus plus the run-on effect of a ball down breeze versus getting you know spinny and stopping on a fairway. So I've given him at least an extra 30 to 40 <laughs> metres down the That's road. what I made. You should carry for me. <laughs> yeah, and anyway, I, I as he hit it, I didn't. Th- I thought, oh, it might sit soft. It might be all right. And um, <laughs> anyway, we got down there, and yeah, Dad said I was – real like closer to it than and having known that it was downwind we, we should have went for the green so did i yeah. hear it um there was nothing in front of the green we could have went for it and then the yardage we had to a tight pin was impossible and we took six because he you know <laughs> tried to go with it put it in the front track and yeah so i know all too well how that feels and your heart sinks because you, you did you've had a mischief but it wasn't intentional <laughs> it's about all it's about the only comeback you've got and wasn't live at the masters and wasn't on yeah. global coverage and poor old Bo just was a poor old yeah. Bo was a, sh- a shell of himself <laughs> yeah you uh, you tend to go a little quiet after that but um yeah i did have a giggle at it i'm like yeah that's the oh the, the one time on sunday you don't want to be doing mischiefs yeah let me ask you that. now this is a slight positive about mm. caddies um, oh, yeah. Our caddies, uh, so given, so Minwoo Lee was on the charge and he, on 13 hits driver in the water. Well, not really on the charge, but he, look, he was flying. Uh, oh, yeah. And we'll get to that in the in the hits. Um, hits it in the water, takes a drop, penalty drop. Hmm. Uh, as Kipper, if you are his caddy, would you have allowed Minwoo Lee to hit it in the water twice? Or were, is this the point where you would have spoken up? as you referred to in our pre-masters podcast, rather than keeping quiet? Look, uh, to be fair, like he had no chance of winning it unless he goes berserk, doesn't he? So there's a bit of caution to the wind there where you're like, well, you know what, dare to be great, have a go, and if it doesn't come off, what's the difference between finishing, you know, 15th and 40th? It really doesn't make much difference. But if you... Well, invite back. Yeah, exactly right. If he's going to finish in top ten, then yeah, that's it's top twelve now, isn't it? Yeah, it's top twelve. He was one shot. He was one shot off the <clears> invite back. Yeah, so that well, is he'll a good reason. Anyway, let's be honest. Yeah, um, but I, I guess what I'm getting at is that you got to know when to hold them and fold them. And um, I remember asking Phil that once because um, you know I was a really young little caddy. I was only twenty odd years of age, and <clears throat> we played a practice round. Excuse me, <clears throat> we played a practice round with him, and. 
I ask him straight out, like I said, Phil, you, you make so many recovery shots. Um, you know, do you ever chip out? Do you ever take it, you know, safe? And he said, he goes, it's, he goes, it's a hard one. He goes, because I like being aggressive and I, and I do back myself a lot from, from a situation. He said, but if I legitimately think I can't pull a shot off, he goes, that's when I will back down. But he goes, if I think I can pull a shot off, he goes, it really doesn't make much difference if it's in the centre of the fairway or if I'm moving around the tree because I've got the confidence to do so. So he sort of, he, he kind of basically was saying, look, I've got I've got the shot anyway. It doesn't matter if there's a tree in front of me, I can hit this shot. So most of these guys and girls can hit the shots that they want. So it's not the biggest of gambles, but if it's a, you know, yardage where you have to get everything right. <laughs> Do you remember when Daly took 14 at the Australian Open in whatever time? When he, cool. when he, yeah, <laughs> he just hit seven walls in the water. So, well, that's that's the air of stupidity, isn't it? When you you know you really can't get there, but you just got to yeah, you got to let so go. That's, yeah, yeah, so that's stupidity. But but two thirty yards out, roping mm. hook onto a you know what is ostensibly an island green. I know it's not quite on third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a shot you just go for. I, I just I looked at that and I thought, I wonder if the caddy has allowed, if that is a moment, and you've explained it really well, I wondered if that is a moment where a caddy speaks up or whether a caddy shuts up and it's up to the caddy, you know, because there was a vibe going on, but he was coming off bogeys on 10, 11 and 12. Mm. So yeah. the, the horse had kind of, it not, not it. bolted, but. Yeah, and I, and I think in that instance, I, I would have, Hundred percent, been if he's even remotely got the um, the up and about um, confidence, I would have backed him in hundred percent. Said let's take it on because if you don't make eagle here, you have got no chance of getting right into the hunt. So you know you don't probably start thinking about top tens and invite invites back at that point. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, okay. um, so yeah, it's just either win or go home. Um, but yeah, it's and that is the honest. Honestly, the biggest challenge anyway, Stevie Williams said that to me in the early days. He said, look, geez, these guys are good enough to go and shoot six and seven under anywhere in the world and not have you around. He said, they don't need a caddy to play great golf. They need a caddy to allow them to play great golf. And and, and that's pretty true because if you think that you're the difference out there, you're not. It's, yeah. it's yeah. just you're helping them be as good as they are. You're just trying to, to, I guess, allow them to be great and not get in their way and not let themselves get in their way. Yeah, okay. Good point. So so next up, whinges. I've got a little whinges <laughs> section here. So w- I was amazed, uh, and we touched on this uh, the other day when we had a chat, I was amazed mm. when Schwarzel on 12 hits one that almost flew the mountain behind 12. Like it, it, mm. it was 150 metres too long because, again, he must have got a bad yardage from Bo, who called it out from over the fairway. <laughs> um, yet doesn't, doesn't reflect positively on the fact that it rolled back down the hill almost onto the green, yet when the putt doesn't break the way he thought, he starts crying like a South Af- like a like a baby. <laughs> What's with this yeah. sucking? I, look, all I can say is, is that you're – because when I was caddying, I never really sucked up about anything because you, you're kind of devoid of emotion. You just – you know, you, you're riding – all of the technical stuff and, and, and trying to, you know, I guess make your player uh, play as well as you can without making a mistake. When you're a player, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I do get emotive, right? I, I do get sooky. I do, like, so it's an art not to. It's, a, it's an art to, to harness your emotions. And maybe when the ball went long, he wasn't thinking, shit, I could have taken eight there. He's just thinking, what happened? 
and rather than it's bounced back 15 yards yeah. and I, I, I've got as lucky as I can get. And then when he's missed that little part, he's, he, he might be thinking, geez, my chances of, of winning this thing are slightly slipping now because he was kind of thereabouts again. Um, yeah, but but uh, yeah, just need that, that aiming corner and that stretch home, you need to start making a run if you're behind. And maybe it was just a realisation that there goes another one, Charles. Yes, no, yeah, good point. So, so then Tyrell. Hatton, I don't know whether you're caught up on his. You're going to have to fill me in a bit here. I did see something about him having an absolute Barney and then uh, the old Twitters and whatnot went berserk and told him to grow up, but I didn't see it. Um, So I've got a a, a misquoted quote here from Tyrell. Um, (laughs) But I'm not sure whether it's accurate or inaccurate. So that's part of the conversation. If you hit a good shot, you should end up near the hole, not then short (laughs) something into a bunker because of the slopes that they've created and stuff. And I think the thing that threw me was the end stuff or and stuff. I'm not sure whether whether it's and stuff or and stuff. Uh, is that Suki Lala or is that actually a brutally honest assessment of Augusta? No, no, there's so much about that statement that is utterly ridiculous. Like if you hit a good shot, you what, you, you, you're not allowed to have slopes on the green. The greens have got slopes, mate. You don't want to get a bad bounce or, or a hard bounce or a soft bounce. No, that's the art of golf. That's golf. <laughs> Oh, gold. It's not darts, mate. You're not throwing it and sticking it. Um, yeah, look, I, I think I, – I, I think oh – sorry, I just lost it here because that's gold. I, I, just can't, I just can't believe that, that he's actually said that. Every green's like this. Um, no, but I think Augusta can get to you a little bit because – and especially on Sunday, if the, if the the greens they weren't that fast and hard on Sunday, to be brutally honest, but they've been way worse than that. Um, but if they do get hard and fast, and and they put pins in, you know, tough um, spots, it can make you look silly. It really can because the ball just continues to roll and roll and roll and roll, and you can feel like there's nowhere to hit it. And that's what that course does. I think better than anywhere in the world, it makes you feel claustrophobic. It's like, I haven't got a shot here. And yet the green's 40 yards wide, and you know, yeah. but you feel like you haven't got a shot. And and, and I, I guess that's the, the beauty of the track is it makes you think and then think and then maybe overthink what, yeah. what wouldn't have been such a challenging um, thought process had you not seen all these balls running all over the joint and, and the train wreck that ensued. So I think he's, um, he's just feeling the wrath of... <laughs> <laughs> of a tough week, but to claim but to claim that a ball shouldn't roll on a green and have undulations is uh, I don't know you might be playing the wrong sport. Would it be fair to say that Tyrell and Royal Melbourne wouldn't get along? <laughs> well, with that comment, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to play. Maybe <laughs> maybe the maybe the Honda Classic. Well, they got pretty flat greens. Um, well, well, that's about- that's Ireland and Scotland out, isn't it? I mean, in reality, it, it, it's. <laughs> Like he's just he's removed a number he's removing continents. <laughs> exactly right. I love it. I didn't know that's what he said. That's honestly, mate. That's my every day. I'm glad I could contribute. Now onto really important issues. Yeah. Underachievers. Oh yeah. So who let us down the most during the Masters? Oh. Who who really let us down the most? Because I've got a few names. If you don't come up with them, look, I'm I'm a bit confused. At the old Ram. And um, and even DJ of late, uh, I really am like they those two rewind a year ago. I mean, they were almost uh, so far ahead of the rest of the world in terms of their play. I don't know. It's just they've seemed to just really drop off back to a very mediocre position where they just weren't. They were so far ahead. So uh, those two for me, I, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe they've um, got uh, major hangovers. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe 
this is the impact of Tiger, is that he's messed with their head so much that they can't they, – they either get on runs or they go missing. And Cameron Champ's a great example. Yeah. Like Cameron Champ's – and it's great to see him back um, and was not in contention. And this is, the, this is the interesting thing about the Masters. Was never in contention, but uh, based on the numbers and based on the results, you would say he contended like someone else. But uh, I'll get on to Rory in a minute. But Kepka <laughs> – Kepka, who uh, I did make the call before the Masters that I think he might be struggling to adjust to his a new golf ball, but on the basis of nothing other than just, I mean, I also thought that Spieth would win, so I wouldn't listen to me too much. Shafoflafli, <laughs> I thought Shafoflafli would would. I mean, there's got to be a point where there's some fight. Uh, for now, a new Newman, um, who was in it and just again made a couple of yeah. poor decisions. Yeah, well, I think actually, um, is it Joaquin? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, I, yeah, I still rated his week, to be honest. I thought he had a go all week. He tried hard. He made a few errors, and you do that around there, but he never gave up. And, and yeah, I, I think he actually played all right. It was a fair week from him. Okay. But some of the others you mentioned, yeah, I just maybe yet again, we've just been super spoiled, I suppose. Like the last 25 years, we've seen a guy dominate, and, and like maybe no other person ever has. Um, so when a person you know, gets to world number one and then loses it in five or six weeks, we're like, what happened there? <laughs> but yes, we're yeah. just so used to these greats like, you know, your Norman's holding it for 200 and something weeks and then the Tigger's holding it for forever and so on. We'd, I don't know, maybe we're just over um, expecting of these guys because they just don't perform every single week like Tiger did. It's a really good point about expectation because I've got a bloke who I reckon the minute there is no expectation lights it up and I was quite offended with the interview that Bellionis did with Rory, where she even implied that he was a contender. Do you? And, and in fact, the question was, with four holes to go and Stifler <clears> having <throat> hit it to four feet on <clears throat> 14, or five holes to go, and Stifler's hit it to four feet with a five-shot lead over Rory, or four-shot lead over Rory, she's given it the, do you think you've done enough to win? Yeah. It's Rory. The only yeah. reason he played well is because no one gave a shit and they forgot that he actually existed. <laughs> Well, he plays he plays really well freely, like and, and he does that um, at will, doesn't he? Like every time that he, he sort of gets on a roll and, and as you say, he's almost behind by too much. There's that carefree kid attitude that I think he used to have. But the difference is Rory five years ago versus Rory now, like he used to be leading events and doing that. Now he, he kind of, yeah. you know, the foot has to be um, – come off the pedal in the early rounds for him to get into a headspace where he, I guess, can free it up. That could be a range of things. I don't know if it's a mental thing or whether it's just that he, his game isn't as good. Um, not sure, but, yeah, there's definitely in some merit where I'd love to see the stats on his third and fourth rounds compared to his first and second rounds. Um, Got to be – and the course usually set up harder, third and fourth rounds, not the first and second. So, I, I, yeah, there's merit in that. And, yes, he was no chance. He was never any chance. <laughs> well, having said that, after he eagles 15, if he goes four or five under from there, now you're, you're, you're like, no. Um, no, he eagled 13, did he? 13? Uh, yeah, he eagled, he, th- eagled 13. He eagled yeah. 13 to get to six, didn't he? And Macacawa. Yeah, or and or Macacawa. six or seven. And so if he goes four or five under from there, yeah, he's got a chance. But, you know, um, yeah, no, no, no one had a chance. That's the thing. That, that was he what was, was so really, contended. you know, you know Smitty, yeah, Smitty getting close on on two, and then the the chip in uh, from from you know Scotty. It just the guy was just ice. So no, 
Rory didn't have a chance. Smitty did, but no one else. But but not only that. So Rory then gets gets all this high praise of here he comes, here comes Rory, and then obviously Feldo ruins the moment for the world. Um, and there's a quote here um, from an esteemed colleague of ours, young shooter, which I think was quite apt. Um, <laughs> like a said. white man dancing to hip hop. Rory's celebration <laughs> when he held out out of the bunker, like a white man dancing to hip hop. Oh, I got to be honest, <laughs> I. I giggle my ass off watching that <laughs> celebration because it's it, – <laughs> I don't know what it was. It's like a mid-air karate chop. Um, yeah, it was It was tremendously confronting. That's the best way I could put it. Because like, it, for me, it ruined the moment. Like he's holding out, amazing moment, and then I'm like, oh, hang on, what was that? <laughs> So, there's, a, there's a lot of kung fu fighting. There, there is a 70s disco in his history, which, except he was the guy at the back dancing which, so no one could see him. That's right, which made me have a, even more of a giggle when I thought about it. Imagine he won as many times as Tiger and, and, and some clutch putts down the stretch. What would have we saw? Like, <laughs> it certainly wouldn't be one of those stenciled pictures you see a Tiger fist pumping on, the, on billboards. No, they couldn't put Rory's move on a billboard. No, well, I tell you what. If you don't want to see him celebrate, let's continue to have expectations on him going into every major because then yeah. there'll be no chance that we'll ever have to worry about it because the yeah, minute look, there is expectation, he's, he, he cannot – but he's an he's a unbelievable player, like incredible. But the minute there is expectation on him, he doesn't cope so well because of that. And the minute there is no expectation, he's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, but I also – I reckon he can change that. He's still got time. He, he's – um. You know, still swings are good enough. He went through that little patch of, well, what I call stupidity, where he's trying to change his swing to to get extra yardage because Bryce Bryson did so. Um, so I think he'll mature a bit more now, and he's you know because that there's not as many people dwarfing the, the the field on a weekly basis. I think he's got an opportunity over the next four or five years to just wind himself back into being Rory. Um, which which is all he ever was five or seven years ago. So now I think there's hope for the for the lad. I, I I agree. Uh, one question I've got: uh, Did Cam Smith <coughs> sit on sit on the tenth tee and say to himself, "I wonder what Norman would do here"? <laughs> nah. No, and then the didn't. same thing on twelve. He's just sitting there going, nah. "Geez, hmm, I wonder he, what he, Norman would do." I here's here's my take on this. Um, ten tee can get you anyway because you're trying to play a sling draw, and it's just a small error, and away you yeah. go, and it overdraws. That, that that wasn't a bad shot in any. It just was an overdraw. Big deal, right? Takes five, yeah. what, what could he do? But the one on 12, and I'd love to chat to him about this, um, is I reckon he was trying to bite off more and even maybe stiff it. That's what do I reckon. I, 100%. I'd love to chat to him about it. I'd love to know if he was honestly aiming over the middle of that trap and you know trying to hit it to 25, 30 feet or if he was trying to stiff it. I think he was trying to stiff it because even the – the way he lined up and the shot shape he, he tried to hit, it was almost like, you know, remember the block he hit at TPC to three feet? Right? Yeah. Uh, well, he was aiming left there, <clears throat> excuse me again, and blocked it slightly and obviously stiffed it. This was different. He was he was aiming, he definitely wasn't aiming on, on the left edge of that that trap. He was he was aiming further right than that and I reckon he was going for it and I thought he, I reckon he thought the time is now. That's I could be completely wrong, and I'd love to chat to him about it, but he made a crappy swing and he fatted it and blew it out to the right and the rest was history. But I, I think he actually was having a go, and that's different yeah. than, than being you know, Norman on 16 where he fatted it and went in the water. It's a completely different issue. So, no, I, I don't think Cam was 
anywhere close to the Gregory on these things. No, no <laughs> I, I agree like, completely. Let's, let's win this thing. This is that idea of, of hunting. Mm. Like he's very comfortable in both roles. This is why we yeah. love Cam Smith, yeah. um, you know, with an Australian bias, is that as, as he's Scheffler, completely mm. comfortable being hunted or being the hunter. And that's yeah. that's a trait that, um, and no, I'm not saying they're as good a players as Tiger, but it's a trait that Tiger had. Is that yeah. if I'm winning, I want to win by more. And if I'm not winning, they're wondering where I'm, that I'm yeah. coming. Because as you said, Kipper, in your live cross, um, uh, during the Masters when you were dominating the airwaves, and we will get on to that. Um, he, he's got yeah. birdies to burn. He makes birdies. Mm. Uh, and so one more birdie might have been um, yeah. the difference it, it, were Scheffler not to actually have been. No, and he could have went on a real run there as well, I reckon. Like, you know, he, he would have backed himself for the next few holes making birdies and, and then 15 as well. So I think it was a moment for him um, and it didn't yeah. work out, but I reckon he had the guts to have a go at, at 12 pin. But I don't know. That's uh, just my yeah. My, my yeah, we'll take. never we'll never know. And now doubles and triples in the last round. Just to move on and to finish off with the misses, mm-hmm. doubles and triples in the last round. So Feldo, with his goosebumps comment. I mean, that's a triple, mm-hmm. if not a quadruple <laughs> bogey. You, you got Thomas. So these are the contenders. So Thomas makes double on twelve with, with what he might argue he was also trying to hit it at the pin, but looked like a <laughs> shank to me. Um, plus his <laughs> pants, as Shooter said, should actually be burnt. Um, Smith, obviously he, he makes triple on 12. Mm. Lowry makes triple on four. Mm. You know, to just kill any momentum early, yeah. and, and I love Lowry, versus Stifler, who gets out of position on three, uh, chips in, and then the day before on, on 18. He makes five mm. with a with an unplayable yeah. on 18. Like, it's just they're the differences. Yeah, it is. I mean, that chip... I don't know how much was talked about in the media over the last you know twenty four hours or so, but that chip on three that that changed everything, like everything, everything. because he was hitting it sideways up until then. He talked, you know, later on about his extreme nerves and his you know his inability to even feel like he was you know, should be there the night before and so on. So, you know, take five there, or it comes back to his feet, or you know, it just I just could see a capitulation going on, but instead. Holds it. It was probably going 10, 10 or so foot pass as well. And, you know, just an absolute momentum changer, belief changer, and and then he played flawlessly again. So, yeah, the, the dude well and truly, yeah, deserved it. Particularly when Smith, um, you know, then, then leaves his second shot short and then chips it well past and ends up making... Mm. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, yeah. it was it was just too big a shift at the, yeah. the exact wrong time. Again, Cam was trying to to hold it and to be aggressive, so he'll never hear it. We'll never hear a negative word out of us about Cam Smith. But yeah. it was just those those sliding door moments of oh, of Sheffler right. doing what it what it took as he continued to do. Now we get to go onto some positives, and and I just need to get one <laughs> off my chest. I, I've I might have had a go at this guy a few times, but I've also been incredibly impressed with his strategic approach to what he needed to do in the game, and that's Bryson. But here's something I did not know about Bryson until um, I saw it on social media. Bryson followed Tiger. Did he? Bryson went out having missed the cut and followed Tiger Woods playing. Did he? And when asked why, he said, because how many more opportunities am I going to get to do it? He's the Effectively, he's the greatest of all time. Look, Bryson... How to, this is called how to move, in my eyes, from a six to a nine 
in one simple yeah. action. Yeah, uh, that's uh, well, I didn't know that. Um, and uh, not as silly as it sounds, because you le- you learn every time you watch the great man. Like I mean, he he was it was actually a bit sad for me to watch. Uh, to be to be fair, uh, like he just <clears throat> his swing is so different now. It's it's you can see him battling and all the rest of it, and for him to be as good as he still is 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 unbelievable. But yeah, I'm not sure where to from here for Tigger. I just hope he gets stronger in the in the um, the leg and he can rotate a little bit better and all the rest of it because, yeah, it's going to be tough for him, <clears throat> you know, to, to get by like that. I think for the next few years, but he, but he's it's early in the rehab, you know, the rehab. So maybe it's it's some still some big gains to come. But for Bryson to get out there and um, watch and, and learn, that's uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I think it's amazing. It actually says a lot uh, and uh, about him <coughs> as a human and how his mind works. And this, mm. the mockery of, oh, you're trying to destroy golf. No, no, he, where the whole time he was saying, I love it. And I think he does because who else does that? I mean, who else, like knowing mm. that there's a mockery of, for me, it's a par 67, the comment that he made, you know, 18 yeah. months ago about Augusta, you know, and then being beaten by Larry Mars. Um, But to then front up and say, I'm allowed to be a fan. Like, I'm allowed to be a player, but I'm allowed to be a fan and follow the goat. Um, Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, One other thing for me, the Masters app, the the most uh, installed and uninstalled app uh, in the history of the world in the space of a week, (laughs) period. Um, I discovered, and I discovered, unfortunately, after two days, that it's, it's every shot without commentary. Yeah, it like there's so many things about that app that are wonderful, and it, it sums up Augusta as well. It's simplicity, isn't it? <laughs> now I go onto the PGA Tour app, and and I, I mean I know they're they're an enormous beast, and I get that. Because, but because they're not an enormous beast, there's just that much on there. It's incredible. You can't you can't yeah. find a score. Um, <laughs> whereas, yeah, I. The Masters app I got onto a few years ago, I remember downloading it, and there was a section. I'm not sure if there is still this section there, but there was a video, a historical video section. And because they own the rights to every bit of footage that's ever out there, you never see anything, especially the past, like players, greats and that. They own everything. So if you ever get a chance and they've got that button on there, go in and have a look. It is some of the greatest golfing footage of all time. And you just click on it and you watch you know, masters have gone by and it is incredible. I, I was in there for hours one day just did, 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 watching all these videos. So, no, the app, uh, yeah, I'll probably uninstall this week as well, but it'll be, it'll be back. It'll be back. Well, well, that's the thing is that I uninstalled it and reinstalled it because there were a few more shots that I wanted to see and then mm. I uninstalled it again. But it's like it's a gift that yeah. any time I want, I can just go and reopen it and it's like I'm opening it for the first time. Yeah, um, do well. The idea of family, there are a couple of things. The idea of family at the Masters, the Stuart Sink um, holding one, like the par three contest for a start, mm. but then the Stuart Sink holding one with his, his lad catting for him. Uh, like that's What's your thoughts on the par three contest alone as a celebration? Well, I think, yeah, I, I love it, but but also just think that the um, the way they do things there, that golf is celebrated. That, that's what's celebrated, and everything that comes with golf, you know, and anyone that plays it knows that your family's involved, whether they want to be or not, <laughs> with golf yeah. because yeah. they either miss they either miss you because you're gone for five or seven hours on a Saturday, or they're a part of it, um, and they come out and play with you. So either way, golf is a family sport, and um, the way that it's 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 a it's such a big part of Augusta. Like I, I absolutely love that. I really do. Um, they make you feel special. 
Uh, I remember going to numerous, uh, not norm, um, numerous uh, PGA Tour events where, as a caddy in early days, and I'm talking early nineties, two thousand, you were lucky to get in the front door. Uh, it was in, as in the front gate of the of this facility. They were, you were just really you know pushed back at arms um, arms length. No one wanted to know you or talk to you. You were given no food. You had no toilets. You had you're like second rate citizens. Okay, and then that was sort of similar for the families. They were no nowhere near as as confronting as what caddies had to put up with. But where the big shift came was they started to realise that players were going to events because their family could enjoy it. So. Um, I remember going to Canada one time, and um, the, the 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 kids and the wives and the whoever else they were staying with them, the grandparents or whoever would want to come to the um, the event, the PGA Tour started to put on, uh, I guess I don't know, uh, events for them, and also um, uh, things they could do. So they would have chopper rides to mountains. They would have bus trips down to Niagara Falls. They'd have different things that the family could do during the day so that they didn't have to just stand there and watch their, their man eat balls for about five hours. Um, yeah. So, And that's that became a huge turning point. for They had creches put in, right? And they, never had cre- they never had any daycare or, or children thing before that. What were they like? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was in there. Um, <laughs> that's, where, that's, where, that's where Alan B. banished me to. Right, you're in, great. Yeah. Um, so, no, but the point is, but getting back to the family thing, I think they started to realise how important family is um, rather than just a golf tournament. But the Masters have been doing that for a long time. They've yeah. really always had family at the forefront forever and ever, and the par three highlights it. But there's a lot more that they do as well. They allow families in and around clubhouses like, you're not normally allowed to do that at other places. So, yeah, awesome. I love it. Um, now, one other thing that happened that, that was a hit and particularly a hit for you. Um, mm. No, not that one. Um, but the commentators started to talk about something that Kipper thought oh. that he had <laughs> a little bit exclusively. <laughs> well, I've had, me, uh, I've had me one talking topic taken from me. Go on. Nick Feldo stole my, my wind tunnels. That's what's happened. Um, so, yeah, no, I can't never go to a sportsman night and talk about them anymore. Go on. <laughs> no, so just so to reiterate that, what that was. Yeah, for those of you out there that have no idea what I'm talking about, years ago I was told by Tony Navarro that there was wind tunnels at um, – Tony Navarro was, was Greg Norman's um, caddy, main caddy. There was wind tunnels on on really 11, 12, and 13 at Augusta that you know come down the 10th fairway and 11th fairway and 13th fairway, accumulating onto the 12th kind of tee box and green, you know, cause, causing all sorts of um, weird air conveyances, you know, puffs of air, gusts of air, air bouncing back off the trees and so on and so forth. So anyway, I've been banging on about this for <laughs> the nearer part of 20 years. No one listens. But uh, Feldo <laughs> mentions it a few times on TV and gets all the kudos for it. Well, you're 20 years late, Feldo. Sorry. <laughs> I've been and, banging on about this forever. And then they all jumped on. Yeah, but then oh, it was like they'd all known it forever. Everyone, you know, then you got Nobolo saying, oh, yeah, that'll be the wind that's popping off the 13th trees. And you could almost hear his neck craning to look at Feldo going, is that what I was meant to be saying? Is that- the dagger of a heart every time I heard it. I was like, that's my bloody story. Um, so, yeah, no. Anyway, it's uh, gone forever. It'll be known as the Feldo wind tunnels from now on. <laughs> that's right. Not the Kipper tunnels. Oh, no, no, um, no. Although there were drink cards there are plenty, I'm sure, in your day. <laughs> Now, now, just to speak a little bit about um, the, the winner, here's something that I learnt from the Masters going to the Masters and with my outstanding mm. tips. I don't think one of my tips has made the cut yet. You, you More than lucky flirt, to tee it up. <laughs> don't flirt with form or back against it. 
because winning's mm. a habit. Mm. Um, and when you look at his run um, and you look at the, the number of weeks between, I don't know whether you saw that stat, number of weeks between first win and becoming known in the number one in the world was 42, I think, for Scheffler versus Tiger. At, uh, mm. I, I'll, I'll quite the number, so don't yell at me, but 160 plus. Yeah. Where Sheffler's just gone bang, 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 bang. It's an amazing run, isn't it? Well, I think it, like you sort of heard of him a little bit, but not really, because everyone would have probably got his name uh, confused with Shafofoli and uh, the other one. It's all, it's all. Oh yeah, I think that's it. I think that's him. But my God, um, to jump out of the box, you know, literally six or so weeks ago and do what he's done. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite. I think everyone's enjoying it because it's like, who's this nobody? Now he's not a nobody. I mean, he's been a Ryder yeah. Cup player. He's been a hell of a player. I think they were saying he's won ninety six tournaments as a junior. So he's obviously a jet for a long, long time. But yeah. to jump up and take hold of every event that he's played in and not lose one yet, he hasn't been in contention and lost one. So that's a that's a yeah that's a fighting trait, isn't it? Where you you kind of are over the line every time. Um, yeah, it's unprecedented in a lot of ways, what he's doing. Um, in fact, it marries up closely. It is largely unprecedented, but it marries up. The winds marry up to what Freddie um, did, and it was it was almost the events. I think it was one event different in the four-win streak between yeah, he and Freddie. Freddie was, Freddie was a jet. Oh, he was yes. number one in the world at that point, wasn't he, or something? Before uh, He was, and I think that's the other point, is that that a lot of the smart commentators, of which I'm not one, have spoken about Scheffler, one win, one breakthrough will open floodgates. And I think someone actually said that yeah, at Phoenix, right. that it'll it'll take one win and it'll change everything because the Ryder Cup set him on the path. And then even the PGA that, that Makakawa won, you know, got him that belief that, that he could compete. But the idea Ooh. of – so this is under the topic of hard work pays off. And this was a, treat that I, a tweet that I saw from A Case of the Golf 1 for anyone who wants to – uh, at a case of the golf one, Zelatoris and Scheffler four years ago both shot 66 in a pre queue for a web.com event, the Utah Championship, and missed out. So that's four years ago for Scheffler and Zelatoris, two of the hottest players on the planet. So if anyone's wondering, sitting there crying to themselves about, oh, I don't know whether I've still got it in me, I don't know whether I can persevere, four years, that's. Well, there's, that's the thing about golf. I, I've coached some juniors um, and some up-and-comers, and, comers and um, I use the line that, uh, that that David Ledbetter gave to me, which was I remember asking Ledbetter directly uh, in about year 2001. Um, I said, Dave, do you, do you think I've got what it takes? And he said his response was, he said, well, how long are you going to give it? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, I haven't really put a time on it. I just – keep going no, there's no real time on it and he goes well then undoubtedly yes he said you'll get there to some extent he goes whether you're playing you know against the greatest players in the world on the best stage in the world or whether you're you know just a club pro or whatever you will make a profession out of this and as a little kid i was like all oh, right okay so just stick at it that's kind of what the, the mantra was well i've asked that question to all of these people that i've coached over the journey now and i would say 90 90 odd percent of them have a definitive date on it. So they'll say, I'll say, you know, they go, can I make it these? And I'm like, well, yeah, how long are you going to give it? And they're like, oh, look, I'll, three years. I'm going to really go hard for three years. And I just answer, no, you're not. And and they just look at me. And I'm like, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, golf is a lifelong journey. It's not three yeah. years. It's 60 years. It's 70 years. It's however long you live for because 
if the minute you take your foot off the, the pedal, you're done. I said, you only have to look at the greatest, like you know, your Normans and, and your, um, your Tigers. They all had slumps. They all had to keep grinding. And they're you know, 30s and 40-year-olds you know, out there trying to find their game again. You never, ever, ever stop yeah. in this game. So, yeah, it's, I look at the, those guys. You, know, you mentioned Zelotoris and uh, Scheffler being there close at four years ago. Well, it could be another four years where – you know, Sheffler finds he can't hit it again for some reason, and he'll have to start the grind again. Like, it is a never-ending beast, this game, and and don't give yourself a time limit because it's a game for life. And the, the other point of that, and that's really well said, I think the other point about that is something you bang on a lot about, and I don't want to give you any credit, but I'm having to today. <laughs> no, you, no, no, it's like can, the Kipper Appreciation you can, Show. You can, back, you, can, you can give me a backhand already, minute. I know that's coming, so that's all right. Um, for everyone other than me, to swing your swing. Um, so Sheffield, there were all these people, and what I love is Feldo. Oh, you could see his feet moved a little bit more there. Like <laughs> you could, but he just he just owns it, and he owns the fact. And even when he was hitting his draws or trying to, you know, which one became a block cut yeah. into the trees that somehow spun back out of the pine straw just when Cam was putting him under the pump, because <laughs> the golf gods sometimes shine more on some than others, but. He he didn't care that anyone was looking at it going, geez, you're having to fight pretty hard at a draw. So this is what I've got to do. It, it, I just hope Feldo doesn't turn into like your Johnny Miller where every time they hit a bad shot, he'll tell you why that was what? a bad shot, but it was exactly <laughs> the same as the one before it. <laughs> so what he's done there, he's, he's externally rotated that arm. Oh, no, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah. No, no, Johnny. See, he's quicker he... with the hands there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny, it was the same thing he did every other shot. Um, so, yeah, the, the footwork um, is no different when he hits a bad shot to a good shot. It's got nothing no. to do with it. It's just quite amazing to watch. Uh, it really is. And that draw swing um, – I was actually coaching yesterday, and I had a, had one of my clients go. You know, what would you what would you do with that that guy to try to you know make him hit draws? I said, oh, I wouldn't do anything, mate. I just literally stand at least ten foot back because you just never know where that follow through is going <laughs> to finish. That's about it. That shot he hits on thirteen where he tries to sling it. If if I was caddying for him, like my because I already was, my heart was in my mouth watching him. Like I wanted Cam to win, but I'm like, this thing looks like it could go anywhere. Like it could go. 20 minutes off the tee, hard left. It's an amazing, uh, you know, take the Mickey swing, isn't it, when he's trying to trying to pull or hit a little draw. Uh, it's awesome to watch. But he owns it. He doesn't oh, care absolutely. whether Feldo's wondering about, no. oh, having to rip the hands low and high and obviously yeah. on that, you know, this angle and that angle. Yeah. Um, because he just owns it and says, that's what I've got to do, and I've done it before. Like, mm. he, th- that is not the yeah. first time he's ever had to learn how to hit a draw. There's a few few players I can remember kind of like that, um, uh, and two two come really to mind. If you get a chance, uh, people listen, go and have a look at um, Jim Thorpe, uh, you know, amazing yep. ball striker. Went berserk yep. on the PGA Seniors Tour when he when uh, when he got on it. Incredible ball striker, um, unbelievable, you know, swing and follow through to. to yeah, it kind of looks like he's taking a Mickey again, and yeah, you know, one of the greatest of all time in Bernard Langer. He's follow through yes. at times. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, just looks like you know, he's, he's missed the missed the fairway by about eighteen kilometres, and uh, yeah, right down the middle. Um, so yeah, that I, I do. I love I love unique actions. They're brilliant. There's a little bit of light and Hewitt in that Langer thing of just trying to hit that forehand passing <laughs> shot, isn't there? Just a... <laughs> but it's whatever. Yeah. But it's whatever works, and that was the the. Coolest thing. And then the other thing I loved about Scheffler, 
he never got flustered. So you look at, at some people with their cheeks, mm. and, and I'm not going to refer back to Norman, but you look at Norman in, well, pretty well every major where it wasn't already in the bag, and, and he starts to get a little bit more flushed. And you look at other mm. people who hit bad shots and they get flushed. Scheffler hit a snap hook into the trees on 18, mm. carry, looking to carry a, a four-shot lead into into the final round. Um, and you look at his face and it's sort of like, yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's quite amazing, really, because he, he clearly gets enormously nervous. I mean, you know, his, his press conference, as we mentioned earlier, he was talking about the nerves so much so he yeah. was going to throw up. So, so, But his ability to stay in the moment up until that last putting green course um, was quite amazing, and it has been amazing, like, the whole time. So he clearly, you know, further to your point before, knows how to win, and, and therefore he stays in his bubble, stays in his lane, does what he needs to, and, and he might be feeling the nerves, but he clearly doesn't show them a bit like the old Pete Sampras or, yes. you know, Federer um, just doesn't show anything um, much, but he obviously is feeling it. Uh, but yeah, incredible, incredible ability to, to harness your emotions. Um, absolutely. And I think for me, the, the um, last couple of major hits was the fight in Cam Smith, uh, the fight in Tiger. Hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't want to make it all about Tiger because Cam will have his successes. Minwoo Lee and Augusta are going to become lifelong friends. Um, hmm. I, I don't have any doubt about that, and I believe the same for, for Cam Davis and, and the Aussie guys. The Tiger thing, though, the interview he did um, after round the second round where you could just – how's the pain? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it reminded me of the, the kids' movie, and I always go back to this, Big Hero 6. How do you rate your pain? He, he would have been sitting there going, it, well, a 10's not high enough. He, he looked yeah. like a guy who was in some. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's, I don't, as I said, I'm not sure where it's going to head over the next few months. I'm, I'm hoping that the... Now that he's actually been able to play, which we never thought we might see again, the fact that he actually was able to play, play a major, make a cut in a major, somewhat contend up until Saturday is, is incredible in itself, um, considering he missed the cut. Like you, you're yeah. talking, he's beating you know, guys that are supposed to be best players in the world and he hasn't played for 500 odd days. So, yeah, yeah, the guy's a freak. There is no doubt about that. I just hope it gets progressively better for him. I hope he can enjoy it more and of course all of us hope <laughs> we do we hope that there is some sort of uh contention in a major or a tournament in the future we may never see that but i think there's that part of us that little kidness that's like geez it'd be good <laughs> we just can never get enough of it and we had the great news that he has basically declared that he's going to st andrews you know yeah. my favorite track 150th anniversary i'm not missing it like i'll nah. miss everything else yeah but i'm not missing he, that which he, i just is he, love He's not the type of guy, he said it a million times, that, that goes to a tournament and thinks, oh, I'm just going to make up the numbers and, and just waltz yeah. around here. But it might be the one time in his life that he starts to feel like that's okay as well. Yeah. I did think that. I, I thought, you know, Saturday when he started to blow up and only from the three-putts really, but um, and then Sunday was the walk in, uh, of just, you know, the walk of grace and, and fun really was Sunday. That He would have never really had that ever. You know, on Sunday, any other time, even if he's 10 or 15 back, he'd be like, let's shoot a course record and see what happens. But he knew that wasn't possible um, with his game and, and, and everything. So it would have been one of the first times in his life he's playing a competitive round of golf and just gone, well, I'm out here for a Sunday stroll and I'm going to enjoy it. So that might almost be the swan song over the next 
bit of his journey that, yes, he's, he wants to win. He's going to try to win. Maybe he gets his body and everything back to being able to win. But if it isn't, I think he'll actually start to enjoy playing and and, and soaking up some of this adulation that he's, that he's really deserved. Um, so that might be a nice way that he kind of, you know, evolves over the next five or ten years as well, playing some of these events and in the back of his mind wanting to win, but it doesn't um, – if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Now, now, lastly, just to, to finish off, um, standout moment. Uh, the standout moment for me um, was what I reckon was the best four part ever. Was, <laughs> was just because the emotion. One, it made me feel good, but secondly, because you could just feel. To your point about the press conferences and talking about the tears and wanting to to throw up and all these other things that. It was just finally a, a release. It's like just hold it in because I just need to get it in the hole. Tap, tap, mm. tap it in. Mm. But it was just pure, raw, emotional release of this is what happens if I don't mm. concentrate, which actually highlighted exactly how awesome he was in the in the first place. And that's what it takes to win a Masters. Yeah. Well, it is. And, and also with the four putt, I think there was only – I reckon anyway, um, one putt that was dodgy. The rest were actually pretty good putts. The first three were decent. Uh, sorry, the first two were decent. Um, the third one, <laughs> that was definitely nerve-driven. You know, wee, outside the right edge of the <laughs> bit of a bit of a stab. Um, but that fourth putt, when when Teddy walks in, gives him a bit of a cuddle and says, all right, mate, now, seriously, just tap the bloody thing in, will you? Yeah. <laughs> um, he stood over that thing. His pre-shot routine on those putts was, no, I reckon it was double as long. He just stood over that little one and a half footer and I'm like, please hit it. Just please hit it. Like, because <laughs> like, there's part of me that's like, don't tell me this is going to be one of the great capitulations of all time. Anyway, he finally hits that four, uh, fourth putt and it goes right in the back. And yeah, he, it was well-deserved. But geez, there was, he would have had some moments there where like, hang on, uh, this is, this is, I'm in twilight zone here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Max. I love Max Homer's comment of if ever you were going to have a six putt to win an event, just so you could say you did, this was your opportunity. It was a, it was a very Mo Norman moment. Anyway, I thought it was a fantastic yeah. end um, yeah. to a great event. Did you have any standout moments from the Masters week, Kipper? Look, I uh, it was nothing to do with the Masters. Uh, standout was for the Barons. We engulfed the airways. That was my standout on Sunday morning. We were on. Three channels uh, all across nine. We're on nine gem, we're on nine now, we're, and we're on the Today Show. So, yeah, that was for me a, a moment for us. Uh, kudos to all the team. Um, don't know how we pulled that off, but you almost couldn't avoid us, Phil. <laughs> but yet I still managed to. And with typical humility, we'll, we'll bring this Masters Rap podcast to a close. Thanks to all our barons for listening. Remember, you can uh, subscribe on golfbarons.com to keep up to date with all podcasts and show updates um season three literally is just around the corner um thanks kipper for joining us with our master's wrap uh, pleasure mate and we'll uh, speak to you soon uh, and until next time barons add some swaggity a swing <laughs> <laughs>